Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. I've got a great show today and Andy and I are going to be talking about misogyny and the history of misogyny. And Nancy's going to do a lot of this show because she's the one that's been doing the research on it. And so she suggested this topic and I get a great topic. So, but yeah, it's a little disclaimer for this show. As you know, I've moved to remote Victoria. My partner Dale and I are setting up self-sufficiency. And the last, uh, last week I actually did three on the show because we were working on soul antennas and all sorts of stuff. I'm still on Skype for this show. My rhythm isn't that great. There's no landline. We're on the radio. So please, with this show, Nancy's going to be doing a lot of talking. She's on a landline, which is going to be a lot clearer. So if I do lose reception or if I do drop out, I'll be getting back online back the show. And yeah, look, there's antennas and all going up next week. I tell you what, for anybody who's sufficient and off the grid, you do it. My goodness, there is so much you take for granted in your life with power, with reception, and when you don't have it, it's incredible system. It really, really is. I mean, unfortunately, I've been able to run off generators and clients because I'm busy clients every day. And I tell you what, it has just blown me away about how much we take for granted and when it's not working easy, um, just how lucky we really are. You know, I felt like I've been on my property. It's just been an amazing experience. I'm still sane. I'm getting through it. Thank you for everybody out there that's been understanding and really supportive. And, you know, a lot of my clients, we've had to make alternative but it's all coming together. That's the good thing. It's going. It's fantastic. I've got power. Prescriptions getting there. Uh, nice week. I should be like a human being again. So, so just bear with your show if I'm a bit crackly or if I cut out. So, thanks for coming on again today. Yeah, no, it's good Good to be on again. This will be quite an interesting one. I've done a bit of research, but, you know, bear with me as I go through this. If anybody wants to check up on things, I'll try and get my dates or whatever right and whatever questions might be answered. But um, really, it's, it's just sort of a broad, probably a little bit of a simplistic view on this because we could go on and on about, about this subject for hours, I think. But um, just, just an overall view of what some things that people might not actually understand that have gone gone on throughout history or might not know a lot about, I, I suppose, is more to the point. So, um, yeah, I think that's a lot of what today's show is going to be about. And uh, apologies if I do get any of my facts wrong, but they can always be verified anyway. Google's pretty good for that. <laughs> so Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And people that listen to this show, look, the reality is Nancy and I really don't prepare much for these shows. You know, I usually get together with both busy people and we go, all right, well, we're going to talk about this. So this is one of the rare shows that you know, we've done a little bit of, or well, Nancy has, so actually, um, just pulled up one thing that I want to show too, which sort of blew me away when I heard about it. But, you know, this is how our shows go. It really just flow. We don't have set questions. We just we just talk. You know, we go with what feels right and we just talk. So well, I've got no doubt this show is going to be as interesting as, any of them. And, and also, true, I'm a really firm believer that a lot of history is very shrouded. You know, we, we really, unless you 
and this is what I believe about mainstream news as well. You know, really, if you want to know for the facts of things, you've really got to dig. You've really got to go on the surface because there's so much on the surface that we don't know, that we're not told. And I think this show is going to be another uh, example of that. So so I'm just going to go what this show is about. So in this show, Nancy, we'll be talking about the history of money and how society was primed to create narcissistic views. Discover when this started and why misogyny was allowed to thrive. How did women lose their knowing of power? And how did create a relationship? We've talked about that a lot before, how women can be very, very dependent and very, very fearful and very insecure in regard to security survival. And, you know, how treats many of us. So this show is going to grant you fascinating information and understand of how we truly do need to now live in times where we can create respect and healthy relationships with life. So the chat room so if anybody, I'll be watching it, so if anybody if you have any questions or comments, you can put it up in the chat room. And also, too, if you did want to ring in, and we don't get many people ring, but if you did want to ring in and you're in the USA, call 347-989-1262. And if you're outside of America, you need to dial your exit code and then the American entry, entry code, which is a 1 in front of that. Alrighty. So, you know, Nancy, I'm going to take this away and get started. Okay, well, we'll just start out with what is misogyny exactly because just in case people haven't really come across the word too much. Um, what it actually means, and I've got the Wikipedia version here, uh, misogyny is really the hatred of, or dislike of women or girls. Now, um, there's a definition here. Misogyny is the central part of sexist prejudice and ideology and as such is an important basis for the oppression of females in male-dominated societies. Misogyny is manifested in many different ways from jokes to pornography to violence to the self-contempt women may be taught to feel for their own bodies, which is actually really very interesting. And I suppose one of the things is when we go through the um, uh, narcissistic experience up close and personal, one of the things that, you know, that when we need to go back and heal ourselves, we have to actually go back and find our own sets of false beliefs that we've been brought up to believe in. And I guess this show today is really an extension of that, is following these where a lot of these sets of beliefs have really manifested and been passed on through the generations from mothers to daughters and, and so on, and, you know, how they actually came about. And... Really going back through history, one of the really big things I actually came across was called the Malleus, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Maleficarum. And it is Latin and it's roughly translated as the Hammer of Witches. And it was a book that was written towards the end of the Middle Ages. Um, but before we go into actually that particular book, uh, I just want to go into a bit, little bit of a lead up into it. And it actually does centre a lot around the churches of the day, which is the Catholic churches. Um, the the Maleficus was written in 18, no, sorry, wrong, wrong year, 1486, I believe it was. But in the 100 years prior to that, Europe had been going through what they called the 100 Years' War. And probably at that point, there was, um, because of the wars, there was actually a lot of women in society rather than men. And these women actually held positions of power, influence, uh, property. In fact, before this book was actually written, if you actually go back through the history books, men and women were rather treated equal through society. And uh, yeah. women held a lot of positions and power. And... You know, you're going back towards, you know, the middle, you know, the the high part of the Middle Ages and that. I mean, all that meant was everybody was equally poor. <laughs> so the, yes. the, having equal status didn't actually mean a whole lot, but it really was there. So what happened first was what they called the, Inquis was the Inquisition. Now, everybody's heard bits and pieces, I'm sure, about what happened during the Inquisition. And it was actually... 
the Catholic Church at the time, which was rather corrupt, and it was uh, it was actually more of a treated more of a monarchy than actually a um, a papacy in its own right. So it actually held a lot of power, and a lot of the other monarchies through through Europe at that time, which was basically fledgling monarchies, actually had their allegiance to the church. So the church actually gained its power, obviously, by being, like, rather um, in control of the masses. Now, one of, one of the people that they the, the, the church thought were dangerous were called the Cathars, and they had a different whole religious idea, and they, they didn't believe in... Um, materialism and to them when they saw the Catholic Church became bricks and mortar and power and all this sort of stuff they rejected it and that was very dangerous to the Catholic Church at the time because they didn't actually like anybody else exerting any sort of authority and splitting from the church because that's where all their influence lay so there was actually that was actually what the, was the beginning of the Inquisition which was to wipe out the Cathars but because, I mean, they, they did attack a particular city that um, there was a very famous quote out of it when one of the officers asked his uh, leader what they, that they didn't know who the Cathars were. The, the famous quote was, kill them all, the devil will know his own. So because it wasn't actually specifically successful in that they couldn't root out what they considered to be heresy, which was anything against currently was understood about the Bible in those days from a Catholic's perspective. The Inquisition was formed, and this was actually to go and root out the heresies in men's mind at this point. It wasn't actually specific against women. So the heretics actually, well, actually came along a Based a lot of what they would call pagan religions is really an umbrella of different belief systems that were still existent in Europe at the time. And uh, they go back to who knows how that, as far as some of those go back. But a lot of them were actually very interesting but, um, because even some of them wrote books and, and tried to preach their different ideas on religion, all of those texts were burned anyway during the Inquisition, so it's very, very hard to figure out what those people actually believed in. But, you know, there would have been a lot of different groups. It wasn't until probably towards the end of the Hundred Years' War, like I mentioned earlier, that the, um, there was a lot of women around with influence. Now, up until this point, women really had developed the skills of midwifery. They did a lot of the healing with herbs and potions and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so they really did have positions of what would be conceived as power within their communities. In 18, 14, I keep saying 18 first, 1484, in a particular place in Tyrol in, in Europe, they, this guy actually tried to get a woman accused of witchcraft. And now there was a court and proceedings and everything. And uh, the bishop at the time actually turned around and said that this, this, he was nothing but a senile old man and actually had him thrown out of the village and everything. And so had him basically evicted. And so what he did, and his name was uh, Henrik, Heinrich Kramer. He went on to write a book and it's actually probably after the Bible it was the most famous book in Europe at the time and it was called The Hammer of Witches. It was actually divided into three parts. The first which, first part was actually to deny any critics who refuted or to acknowledge witchcraft. So really anybody that actually stood up and said, look, witchcraft is all a bit, a bit over the top accusing this of these sort of people, I mean, obviously, then the, then the focus was actually on them. So the second part of the book was the forms of witchcraft and remedies. And the third part is, was how, how to um, describe the judicial process of trying witches. 
Now, when you actually go through this particular book, it is written by a narcissist. All of it is basically, and even even scholars today say this guy obviously had a absolute hatred of women. Um, yeah. And there was it was all to do with, uh, and it was all sexualized like, a lot, like what when a narcissist projects. Obviously, a lot of the stuff in here, when you read it, it's just pure projection of a really nasty old man. And it's like these, yeah. these females were accused that, you know, they had insatiable sexual appetites and they could never be satisfied and all this sort of stuff. So, yes. um, so obviously, when the book was written, what he did is he put things in it so there was no out. So once you actually got accused of witchcraft, it was basically over for you. Because yes. the out that you had, you would die, die within it anyway. So, so, yes, so that was like, so we all know the, the, Mont the Montauken skit, which is really hilarious. You know, it's about the witches and, you know, drown them, and if they actually drown them, then they're not a witch. Float, they are, and they're That's right. anyway. Exactly. And, and and that that is a classic example, but there's very very much like that, you know, within within this book. But what what was the other interesting thing that happened at the time was whether this actually like it's got a papal bull in the front of it to say that it was it was um, you know authorized by the church, but whether that was how it was meant to be or not is 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 still open to contention, because one of the things the church wouldn't have understood at the time was. Um, the power of the printing press because it was only 30 years before this or 35 years before this that the first printing press was uh, invented in Europe which was called Gutenberg's press so before this time most books had to be handwritten so you know to hand write such a book with plenty of copies would have been a, a really long task but suddenly there was a printing press and there was this book was mass produced so anybody that did could read and did have some education obviously could get a copy of this book. In fact, at the time, it was the second most published book after the Bible. And Goodness. so that so um, and everybody basically but had really, a that's a, that's a spread of misogyny, isn't it? Sorry. And that that is a mass spread of misogyny. That book getting out there. It, it basically turned into a frenzy. There was even places where entire villages were put to the torch of women. Every female, baby, mother, child, whoever. Uh, I mean, oh, it, it was just—it just became. A, yeah, so it's crazy, and I mean, nobody really knows. Like the scholars estimate, over the next four hundred years, possibly, it could have been anywhere from two hundred thousand. The number goes up to four million. 85% of which were women. So the interesting thing wow. about this is, well, the, the changes it actually makes to society. Now, before the book was written, if there was ever, ever any accusations of uh, witchcraft, they were more likely to put, be put in stocks for a day or something like that. After this book, obviously, they could be tortured, raped, whatever, for one whole year before they were wow. banned. And so they oh, wow. and obviously, so and and obviously, you know, the best time to actually do it was on holidays. So, I mean, just imagine what has gone on, you know, for hundreds, for hundreds of years. And some countries were worse than others, uh, but um, overall, it had a really big impact in, on society itself, because suddenly women could no longer practice medicine of any kind. Yes. Obviously, they lost their position on, on the, you know, anything. And, of course, who, who do they become? The whole society's changed. They become more close, suspicious of each other. The whole face of society had to change just because of this. So, you know, what, when you actually have a look at this from the narcissist perspective, it's no wonder yes. that we, we, you know, we still even haven't thrown off the yokes today. I mean, why is misogyny still really largely an accepted part of our society? And it really is. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it is. It is. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And really what that is 
set up a date and you've got so much in society even now that, you know, women believe it's a man's world. You know, there's lots of men out there struggling to respect women. There's a lot of women struggling with themselves to understand how they can position themselves so men do, do respect them. And that's right. And, I mean, you know, like most of these women that were first rounded up is the ones that spoke out. It was the ones that had knowledge of of um, healing powers, yeah. you might call them, yeah. or whatever they might be, medicinal, whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got the witch yeah. standing there at the cauldron, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah if, you, if you do a complete flip on, on what a narcissist does, because as soon as a female or, you know, like gets attention for anything, obviously she's looking for supply in a narcissist's mind, so therefore she must be doing it for a bad reason. And... I think we still carry a lot of this with us today. I mean, like, even even personally, I mean, I've always worked in male-dominated workforces, but it is still so prevalent that you are just that little bit beneath them. And um, one of the things mm. is uh, the women that were first rounded up, like, Wicca actually is where the word which comes from, is to know, is to have the knowing. That's so, right. you know, and, like, if, and who did who did we really wipe out? as a society and so I, I, the way I see it is this is probably the first time in history again where women are able to step up, are able to take back those, I'd hate to use the word power because I think power in our society is um, misconstrued <laughs> of what it mm -hmm. actually is. Do, mm. do you actually get that other well, definition that say, you were talking about? Yeah, well maybe we can say take back authentic power. Because I really, really believe there's egotistic power, which is fear-based. This is you. And it is fear-based. And it's not win-win. It's I win, you lose. That's authentic e egotistical power. Authentic power is I win, you win. I serve self and life in empowering ways. But you're right. The word power right. can give muscular charge. It used to mean. Totally. And all the women too, when you taking back my power, taking back my power, it felt wrong. It felt like, because I think women fundamentally, women are about the, the, the general energy of a woman, she is a healer. She is after women. She is after oneness, nurturing, community, all of those beautiful things. But you know, when we were looking at factions like uh, the Catholic Church, etc. Now, really, what that was about was separation of all of that. Let's inspire so you can be controlled. And that's right. And, and which, look, look, even with what what happened with the Cathars, I mean, if if at the time the church was so powerful that it was actually basically a monarchy. And so if you spoke against the church, you spoke against the power base of the time. So you were actually, it was actually considered treason. So you were, you were against state as well exactly. as church, just to have a different religious belief at the time. Well, it wasn't allowed. It wasn't allowed. But like even with, with, with women, I mean, you know, like who did they, who, who did, for example, who would have the empaths become? They would have become people pleasers because it was the only way they could survive. They would have buried Correct. their ways of doing things, you know, they just had to completely change who they are. And this has been Correct. handed down for since then. But um, like I said, you know, it's only... It's only finally now that we are really able to say, well, that's not who we were ever meant to be. Powerful point about the Empress. You can all right on the head. This is when the Empress comes, we have a DNA program that I have to do that in order to survive from space. I can't be authentically myself. I can't have rights. I can't lay down. Because they're going to be annihilated, and this is what exactly. happened to a lot of women. 
and and this, this is, is and, you know and like you know, this is this is this is hundreds of years. This isn't just a you know one generation this happened to. So of course we, we're going to have to adapt just to survive. So um, you know it's only now, and of course by by now we all sort of forgotten about what happened 500 years ago but the effects are still very real and very here so and I think you know it really really um, brings out this whole idea of power which is power is fear manipulation and control and that's how how we've been existing so it's not until well where does it start it has to start with us I mean what do we do take up arms against our oppressors well no not really because that's the way they've done it for hundreds of years, and it doesn't work very well, does it? Because we all end up separated and divided and suspicious and hurt and in pain. So I guess the only okay. way it starts to turn around is we heal ourselves and we give back that authenticity. That's and that's and we right. were talking about Neil Donald Walsh, and he basically says the same thing. It's sort of like it doesn't take everybody to change. It takes one no. at a time, and it, well, it, it meets... It, it will meet a critical mass when this is the way mm. forward. This is the way to be. If that mm. makes sense. I can just recommend that book again, The New Revelation, Neil Donald Walsh. It would be in my top three books of all time, that book. Go out, get I haven't it, read read it. that one. I've, I've, read, I've just read um, The Storm Before the Calm, and that, that's his latest book out, so I'll, I'll definitely yeah. have to get that one. Uh, but yeah, New Revelation, it explains the history of structured religions. And what's great about the book, it's not about to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's not about it's just update and into oneness and a higher consciousness what religions may have been about. Because there are some fabulous things about religion. Yeah. They're ridiculous. You know, we're not Please. saying yeah. down this structured religion. We're just let's get a different way so there's not this segregation there's not this there's not this war and there's not this war between men and women that got set up a long time ago that really is awful you know it really it hasn't hurt men it hasn't hurt men either you know women we think we've lost but really you know and one of the men that I'm reading a fabulous book at the moment. It's about women addictions and sex, and it's just fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. And uh, you know, and it, it's just a great because Charlotte, I forget her surname. I've got them, and I should have brought with me, but um, maybe I the name of the book up. And and look, you know, the misogyny that's happened in men it has been very critical for men. And obviously, you've had the narcissist to the tree setting all this stuff up. There's no doubt, but it's for men and what men have been, you know, boys have got a disconnect from in love and, and mothers were really you know, forced by the, the men and that quote to push the kids off the apron skin at a small at a young age for a boy now. Like a boy. You know, yeah. no more cuddles well, and I'm cute and love you. And what's happened with boys, every human being, and especially before they learn to establish that self-love acceptance, at a young age, every boy or girl has needed that to establish self. You know, and most of us didn't get it, and boys especially didn't get it, because we're busy. You know, you're not meant to be hugged and told, and I love you. They're meant to be put out and come rough and tumble. What's happened is boys have felt by their mothers, and boys are very sensitive. Just sensitive is not as more so as anybody who boys and girls will know what the boys are, they crave that love and that connection and that safety. They've been, so they weren't to distrust their mothers. You abandoned me, you pushed me out. You didn't nurture me anymore. I love, love you, want you, but you hurt me. So, you know, misogyny is like this love-hate relationship. I want it from you, but I don't trust it. If you abandon me, I'm going to punish you because you punish me. So society has set this up and it's really very, very sad what happened. So, you know, any mothers out there with young boys, don't forget to love the heart of them. You know, 
yes, of course, they could be boy, but you know, they are little kids and need to love their support because otherwise they're not going to like women. And look, I even remember that even even when I was a child, and even and it was sort of it wasn't quite as bad, but it was still the remnants were there. Is you must bring your boy up to be a man, a man. So he, he had to suppress. He couldn't cry. He wasn't allowed to want his mum, and all of that that sort of stuff. That that was common. It went on, and it's like you know why is that still there in this day and age? But it is. Yeah, because we haven't been in our consciousness, and like if you look at political and religious structures, have been around for thousands of years. They're set in stone. It's the way it is, and they haven't been updated. Yes, they certainly. haven't evolved, and things don't evolve. You know, as information changes, you evolve. You know, that's what technology technology is about. The in our culture that actually evolved. Yeah, you're breaking up a bit at the moment, so Mike, can you hear me now? You know that's better. Okay. Yeah. We just broke up in that last bit. Yeah, things need to evolve actually. Yeah, someone in the chat room yeah. actually just um, wanted to have Neil Donna Walsh's book again, apparently, a little bit. So oh, I'm going to get Nancy can repeat it again. So it's the new, new Relations. So was that uh, New Revelations? Yes. Yeah, that was yes. the one that I hadn't read yet. But I mean, even if you go through and read the um, Conversations with God, there's three books there. And his last book that he's only just been published is called The Storm Before the Calm. There is also, yes. uh, that book's yes. more related to what a website that he has now called Global Conversations because he's talking about why don't we get, a, get out and talk about this stuff now and, you know, what we would like to see change and how we can change. And it's actually very interesting if um, people Beautiful. want to go and have a look at that as well. Beautiful, beautiful, definitely, definitely. I know, like when you look at, I mean, that's what I love about, you know, spirituality, and it's a very, very term. You know, it's about nurturing the spirit within, and being at one with self and at one with life is is really, you know, rather than externalizing sources and answering sources, it's about internalizing the source and answering to yourself. Certainly, and I think you know, and this is this is our, and this is where our society has so been switched the other way to do the exact opposite. I mean, everybody is searching out there somewhere for you know the, the answers, and it's it's kind of like, how did we get it so back to front? When when you look at, and I mean, you know, the hammer of witches is is but one example. I mean, I must I must admit it's a pretty big one. But you look back through history as as to what's going on, and you go, no wonder we've got it all back to front. And I guess you know that's the funny thing about coming out of a narcissistic relationship, and you sort of like, in in a lot of senses, your world turns upside down, and you sort of think, I've been looking at everything back to front, and I thought, well, what else have we been looking at back to front? You know, and suddenly mm. you know, go on your little go on your little excursion through life and history and everything else and you and I have probably done what a lot of people out there do, read every book that's even remotely related to it to see where it fits in and uh, yeah it is, it's, it's, and, and you know the way I see it, I mean say, say we take a round figure of 10% end up narcissistic but look how much it, there's so many people out there that are not but look how much damage that small amount can do to the whole That's of right. society. And we look everywhere we look, like at work, in our schools, in our education systems, in our politics. And it's very clear that once you actually get a handle on narcissism, where it is, and it's you know it's everywhere. But it's not mm. all of them. It's only it's only it's still only a percentage and. Look at our financial system. Well, that's got to be, you know, the best example out there. 
Absolutely. And, um, Controlled so, you know, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, my point of view is, well, okay, so we've got 10% narcissists. Well, it's got to start somewhere. we also got 10% empaths, which, which I, I believe we have, because I believe that that's how nature balances itself out. So if it's going to yeah. start anywhere, it has to start with us to write the balance again because we've been tipped too far towards the narcissism for far too long. And yeah, absolutely. And we've got a hundred. Well, the other ten percent can certainly do that much good. Well, that's right. And we've also got hundred percent codependence because we saw that outside of ourselves. You know, the power and, and really our world's been modelled that. Hey, the narcissistic experience is a just illusion. Because the narcissist becomes your source of everything and the solution in narcissistic abuse is he or she is responsible for being. And that's just the yeah. truth. You know, and if you can remember that in every single relationship you think when you're angry with someone providing you something or not doing something or not being something or not loving you exactly properly come back to the stage yourself, is he or she responsible for my well-being? And there will be no, but they're not. You're responsible for your well-being. Then can go, okay, with my boundary in this, how do I honour myself? Are going to step up or they're going to step out? And that's right. And the, the solution to that is not to go, well, I'm responsible for his well-being or his or hers, whatever the Correct. case Because... That's what we, we tend to do. We go, oh, well, I'm responsible for myself, but we still forget that we're not responsible for the other one. No. And 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 what does a narcissist do but make every, everything your responsibility? And so, because that's the last thing that, that they actually do is take responsibility for anything. And they're You're certainly not right. going to take responsibility for, for themselves. And the first thing we have to remember is we are not responsible for them. So, you know, if they believe that we're doing something or not doing it and we should have done this and should have done that, well, you know, it's a simple answer. You're responsible for yourself. And if they can't be responsible to themselves, then why be in that space with them? So That's right. And if people continue... You take responsibility for them, then then the narcissist personality is never to be accountable. Doesn't have to be. That's right. And we've got a look. look we've got a whole society that's set up that way. That um, well, I'll uh, tell you the biggest, I'll tell you the biggest scapegoat. The biggest scapegoat. Look, there is no doubt in Yang's evil. There's good. No doubt what. But the construction of the devil's eaten, you know, is a pan, she's a scapegoat because the devil made me do it. The devil is responsible. Mm. And as far as I can know, this was your own stuff. And that's what All it is, is, is because, you know, that it was it was a great scapegoat. It's just, just like, yeah, the devil is, is... Well, actually, the only evil that exists in this world is, is within people. And, I mean, you know, that's how it manifests out, whether they do it out of pain or fear or... And there is so much of it, you know, around. The, you start to see it much more clearly. Like, when, when someone starts acting out, you know they're acting out whatever it is, their pain or their fear or whatever it is. Correct. How that manifests out. That is that is the only what you would term evil in this world. There's no spectre flipping around that's going to come inside your body and take it over. It's not. It's 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 your no. inner it might even could call it your inner child, you could call it whatever it is. That just mm. is just want, wanting to break out, but it's um well, yeah, the further you are just, away you away from source, which is I'm at one with myself, I like it myself and I'm at one with myself that's being peace. And when you from there you operate in loving, nurturing life. You operate in win win ways. So you are away from if if you're in self hatred, if you're in self disgust, if you're in self judgment, you're in pain and you're gonna act out all the things you think about yourself and you're gonna act in evil ways. 
and, and, and I'm food. I mean, even, what happened in even society, for society, we got disconnect from that inner love, that inner acceptance. And one of the biggest statements is, you're a worthless sinner, you're a carnal, carnal behavior, and the way you be saved is this. You know, in, in other words, you're no good. You're so if you're given those messages, what are you supposed to believe? Exactly. I mean, I mean, if you believe in your core that you're bad, that's that's what's going to manifest, isn't it? it is, and that comes back to you know the power, the laws of attraction as well. So, if you know, if, if since a young child you, you you've been brought up as a as a as a sinner, when when a child doesn't can't um, what could I say even conceive what the difference is at that point, I suppose. They've, they've always been brought up to, yeah, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you must be good. But the, one of the things is, when you become, like, when you truly know who you are, you don't yeah. need a book of rules to tell you how to be a good person because it, it manifests itself. And you take so, responsibility and, and you're aware. That's so right. It's an effect. And you don't blame other people. You don't use quotes. You take responsibility, you know, and that's what that connection to source and inner love and self-acceptance is all about, you know. So it was all, can I, I want to share with you, because this, I read this years ago, and I've actually found it again. It's really quite sort of interesting. This was written in 1955, Elder Wife's Duty, and this was actually published in the Magnum Chronicles, and this is all about, so, oh, sorry, it was the 1965 issue of Housekeeping Monthly Magazine, who were very proud to present a complete guide called the Good Wife Guide. So, ladies, act as following to ensure co-wetless in your household. So, okay, what it is, is plan ahead, even the doctor to have a delicious meal be time for his return. It's a way of letting him know that you've been out of concerned about his needs. Most men come home and the prospect of a good meal, especially his favourite dish, is part of the warm welcome needed. Prepare for 15 minutes to be refreshed when it arrives. Touch your makeup, put a ribbon in your hair and be fresh. He has just been with a lot of work-weary people. Be a little gay and a little more interesting for him. His boring day may need a lift and one of your duties is to provide it. Put away the clutter, make the main part of the house just before your husband arrives. Gather up school books, toys, paper, and then run a dust of tables. Over the cooler months of the year, you should prepare and light a fire for him to unwind by. Your husband will feel very chafed and run up with lift too. After all, catering or comfort will provide you with immense personal satisfaction. Prepare the children. Take a few minutes to put hands and face if they are small. Home hair and if necessary, arrange clothes. And he would like to see them playing the part. Muzzle noise at the time of his arrival, limit all noise of the water dryer or vacuum, try and encourage your children to be to see him. Greet him with a warm smile and sleep to please him. Listen to him. You may have a dozen important things to tell him. My his arrival is not the time. Let him talk. Remember, his, topic, his topics of conversation are more than yours. Make the evening his. The client comes home, goes out to dinner. Or other ways of entertainment without you, and to try to understand his world of strain and pressure and his very real need to be at home and relax. Your goal to make sure your home is a place of peace, order, and tranquility. Your husband and himself from Don't greet, don't complain if he's late home for dinner, or even if he stays out all night. Count this as minor compared to what he might have gone through today. Make him comfortable. Make him lean back. Have a comfortable chair. Have him down bedroom. Have a warm drink ready for him. Arrange his off, take off his shoes. Speak in a low suit. Don't ask him about questions, about actions or question his judgment or integrity. Then he's master of the house and as such will always as well with fairness and truthfulness. You know right to question him. A good wife always knows the place. So there you go. That's Now obviously I've changed to then. You know, obviously, you know, as a woman in a relationship, you know, if my guy 
Absolutely, I love to have a meal for him and like have the house tidy. And you know, so I'm not saying pull that stuff out. That's kind of compassion and caring. But isn't it astounding that not long ago, and we would expect it, but it was all about him. It was all about him. You weren't allowed to talk about or your fears or your worries or no, really and I also actually look at any of the Christian um, wife's duty things you know actually some of the balance I'll have so they really are and some of them are just astounding how much women weren't meant to have any rights and sexually there was thinking about that with it you know don't him. If he wants sex, hand it over. It's your duty. And, it, and don't, don't yeah. get too much. Otherwise, he's going to think you're so brazen. You know? But you know, it's just enough. But he feels special. Yeah. But don't enjoy it too much. Because all these rules and regulations about how to be for your husband. I know. And all of those rules and regulations is basically how to treat a narcissist. <laughs> if you want well, to be, yeah. how to be a good girl yeah. in that life. But, like, there, there was some talk that that was actually a beat-up done in the 70s, but, I mean, really, the difference is none. And, you know, as an example, like I said, I always um, worked in a male-dominated workforce, and one of the things I used to get told by the men was, oh, you're very opinionated. And I'd sort of say, what, is, what do you mean by that? They go, oh, well, you know, if you've got a point of view, you say it. And I go, well, how does that make me opinionated? Because to me, opinionated means I've only got one point of view and I'm not open to anybody else's. But Correct. I'm very much not like that. So I say, Correct. well, how could you say I'm opinionated? Because the guys do the same thing. I go, oh, yeah, but women aren't supposed to do that. I Correct. say, what? Why, would, why aren't they supposed to do this? And they go, oh, well, you know, most women, when they're home with their husband, the husband says something and the wife goes... Oh, yes, dear, of course you're right. And I, I looked at this guy who's saying, I went, do they? <laughs> As if, maybe yeah. that's what, what, why I'm always going wrong. I said, oh, is that what women are supposed to do? And it's like, it's almost accepted. And I'm, I, I was just stunned. And I thought, well, is it me that's strange or what is it? But, uh, mm-hmm. but you and know, you know what, Dave, it is. I can totally relate, and I know exactly what you're saying. For many women, they're very, very difficult. Because many women have thought, well, it's got to be safe because if I assert myself, then get shot down. I'm wrong, or I'm going to be pushy, or I'm going to be accused of shutting him down. It's, it's, it's been a really tough one. So what a lot of women do is they basically don't have an opinion, go along with him, then they're not respected, they feel like format, they end up very unhappy because they're not being true themselves. Dale and I had a real thing with this. Exactly the same thing. You know, Dale's a strong personality. I'm a strong personality. And we absolutely had was make or break over this exact thing. And how it was is that if I had that opinion, sometimes he'd go into, I feel shut down. You're not listening to me. Yes. And because yes. I'd have a point and then well, I come back with another good point, well, then, you know, she's going to feel this and that and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, how it ended up being is it really became a bone of contention. And then in a times in frustration, I said, hey, all decisions, all your choice. I can't be bothered drama. You know, and he's like, no, I want that. I want your opinion. I said, okay, right. Well, this is the way it's got to be. I'm allowed an opinion. I'm allowed an opinion. Just yeah. you are without opinion, able to debate, and we're allowed to come up with a solution between the two of us. And if you're not happy with that, go. Because I'm not going to change the am. I know I'm not deep. I know I don't go, oh, idiot. It has to be my way or no way. I'm not like, I'm not rude. I just had opinion. Now, I had to be clear in that. I was clear. In mm. that, have a right. Really what I'm saying is, well, if you don't sort that, this doesn't allow me to have an opinion. No, really, 
Because I'm not going to live like that. Yeah, but the, you know, that, but that's going back to you know how 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 this this misogynist idea has become accepted. But unfortunately, you know, even men have been taught that they have to solve all the problems, and so it, they have to come up with a right. solution. And you know, this is normal men, but you know they and um, this this even happened between my daughter and her boyfriend, and and you know they they went through a few issues, but you could see he was really winding himself up that he had to solve all these problems. And I said, yes. I said to my daughter, I said, I said, tell him that it's okay to be scared, and tell him that you'll figure it out together. And Correct. she went and had this long conversation, and she came back and she said, Mum, the difference in him, it took so much pressure off him. And uh, I said, I said it's not. He's supposed to wind himself up and have to solve everything. He said, just mm. things will work out, you know, and just do it together. And, um, yeah, it made a huge yep. difference to them. It's something that he didn't know. Absolutely. So, you know, it's just, yeah... And uh, you know, unfortunately, the Roman Catholic Church, that whole witch thing, temptresses, and they weren't to be trusted, they didn't have any positions in authority because they were emotional and they were or whatever. Men learned to distrust women, so men did not see women as equals. You That's know, that, right. that really did it. And I mean, so we've only had the vote for what, the last hundred years. I mean, we've, we've, you know, we've struggled out of what happened back then for 500 years. So, you know, it's still going to take a, a bit longer. Yeah. But but at least at least at this time in history, I mean, we're not being burnt for our opinions. So, you know, it is yeah. a time that we can stand up and speak about it. Yeah. So... I know it's astounding. It's just so astounding, isn't it? That uh, you know that's what took place. That's what happened. That's the evolution, and it's possible for people to become who you're not to come back to who you are. And really, what fear breeds, what fear and suspicion and distrust breeds, is horrific. It is. It certainly is, and it's and you know, and it's when you just start to dig deeper, you just go, oh, God, how could this happen? Not to take the word God in vain, anybody, <laughs> but you sort of just think, how could this have happened this way? And I, I, I suppose you know, with all our technology and apparent, um, you know, what they call civilization and everything else, I mean. I mean, the civilized church at this time, they killed, they they put thousands into slavery, they annihilated new worlds. I mean, you know, this was all done under the banner of um, civilization. And, their own and that it was, and that it was God rather than modeling a God in the end of a vengeful, needy, dimental, entitled men. Yeah, I miss that they last. They were God. God was image in the fashion of men. That's right. It was, and mm. um, I think because you that's know, not God's No, and one 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 of the things is, I mean, you know, the even the, even stuff in the Bible actually says you're not supposed to do that. You don't put God in an image because God is not an image, and yet. Mm. The society did mould it into a man, and uh, a man in the sky sort of thing. So, yeah. and uh, look, I, I really don't have a lot against a lot of the scriptures, but you know, even if you go back through some of the things that happened in the Bible, originally there was uh, mention of reincarnation in the Bible, and that was taken out Correct. because somebody wanted to do a power play and wanted to be made into a deity. Actually, it was a woman. But all all of that stuff was removed, so the That's book right. itself has been compromised anyway. That's so well, um, and you know, there's it a, has. so you know to believe that yeah, it's and, just from a pure source it is really naive. <clears throat> and the thing about God, you know, I believe God absolutely. I believe in God, but I believe this source is, is everything. Is, is 
you know, God That's is right. eternal, yeah. infinite, immortal, it's everything. So to to make out that and and Neil is magnificently to make out that God has requirements and where God all that is is a joke. And what requirements when you are that is when you are whole all that is why we need to be doing power plays judgment punishment requirements do this do that do the other or I'm going to reject you. It's just a, a nitty nautical model. You do this. That's just a joke. Well, that's right. That's right. Sorry? But if anybody yeah. believe that that got results, maybe otherwise I'll do that. And I'm really with punishment and fear. If anybody that ever brought good in people, they're kidding themselves. Did it work for any of us? And that's right. All it did. Did it no, work for and all it did was control the masses. And did it? Did it, uh, it work? Did it even work? No, I mean, how can how can you commit a crime and say and say a couple of prayers and to be absolved of your sins? I mean, that you know, the whole idea is ludicrous. And I suppose that was a big split in the church, you know, back during well, just after the Middle Ages, anyway. After all this sort of stuff happened, that. Um, yeah. That was wrong, yeah. but you know, it's sort of like the Bible itself says: to be true to yourself, and the rest exactly. will follow, doesn't it? It's it, it, it all all the right yeah. stuff is in there. It's just how it's been interpreted right. to suit a narcissistic point of view somewhere along the line. So that's right. I mean, there's beautiful pictures, and actually, there's a Norse awesome book that I would thoroughly recommend to anybody. Lawrence was a Christian. And she wrote an amazing set of books called The Game of Life and How to Play It. And he's very scripture based. Oh, yeah. And oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. And what she wrote. What was her name? Florence Chauvel Shin. Okay. Just I would recommend that would be in my top three books, okay? And up is she's a Christian. Absolute. But what she does is interpret the scripture as I believe they were meant to be interpreted. And she applies them to yeah. her life, to other people's lives, and it is beautiful. Her work is beautiful. She was in the 1920s. She was actually a law of attraction specialist as a Christian. And how she put yeah, together on yeah. physics and riches is astounding. This woman's work today would be she was so ahead of her time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that'd be interesting. Go out and get her. Yeah, go out and get her. Neil New Revelations, on Shovel Shin, The Game of Life, Happy Shop on Amazon, order those books. They're truth. Really, a truth that tells all this illusion, all this name, all this. All this garbage that's gone on that has separated men, women, communities. Look at men and women. What's going on? I know, it's think gone. The model works. You're getting yourself. There's a way. There's a way. So, that's it, man. Done. I know, that's what it was. It did, it always goes quick. Thank you for all of that information. <laughs> That's really good for some people to look up some information. What went down in Jackie? Yeah. As the name of that it's always interesting to look at the bigger picture of all of this. You know, it's, it's really interesting to sort of see, you know, where we've come and where we've come from, and you know, we don't know where we're going unless we know where we've come from. So. Yeah, so I hope people enjoyed that today. It's um, a little bit different, but um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, a forward way of looking at a lot of what goes on with narcissism. And, um, and thank you for listening. Melanie, thank you for having me again.